Welcome to Rugged Rants, a tough and yes, maybe at times bold conversation on the future of innovation and what we can expect as work changes. I'm your host, Susan Campbell. Today's podcast is about the generational shift occurring in the workforce. Our guest is Brian Rowley, Vice President of Marketing for Panasonic Systems Solutions Company. Brian will share insights on the impact of technology and that it's having on the workforce and how the next generation of workers will shape how work is done. I'm really hoping today, Brian, we bring bold into this conversation. So don't let me down here. I'm ready. Rant, rugged rants and a tough and bold conversation on the generational shift. Uh, I guess I'll just kind of start right in with identifying my generation. Is that okay? Sure. Millennial, <laughs> I'm assuming. Oh, no. Gen Z, I have to say. And uh, as a little aside, back in the day, uh, the late 90s, for those of you who don't know what back in the day was, I actually did an interview with uh, CBS News as the young person. Really? <laughs> they did a story about what do the new employees expect from their companies. And uh, this was at, a t- was at a time when companies were undoing pension plans and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And you know, the reporter asked me, well, what do you expect from your employer? And I said, well, if I work, I expect to get paid. That was about the extent of it. And it was such a different perspective than what some of the older folks I worked with. They expected health care benefits and pension plans and that kind of stuff. So I thought that was really interesting to think back now that I'm an older worker, uh, talking about the generational differences and how Yes, we have specific differences now, but we've always had differences. It's not anything new. But let's talk about the new generation of workers, the millennials, and what what's changing there with in terms of how the workforce is changing. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's an interesting point that you bring up because I think when when there's so much focus put on an individual generation and the shift and change that it's having – we tend to equate that to, well, is it really much different than the way it shifted when we were younger to where we are now? And, and I think for me, the, the piece to it that I look at and say, the interesting part about Gen Z and millennials is it's not that they're impacting just one segment of business, they're impacting multiples. So the way in which they consume data is very different than the way that we've ever seen it consumed before. The way that they interact with each other is very different than the way that we've seen people interact in the past. The influence that they have in the market, specifically around product and their opinions of product, and how quickly they can influence a company's decision on the direction that they travel based on the the type of feedback that they're seeing on social media. I think all of those pieces, so I think it's a combination of the technology, the generation, and just the way that they interact that is really impacting in multiple places, right? Where in before it was like one segment that you might have seen where there was an impact that was really significant. Yeah. So, you know, you lead a pretty large team of folks and uh, in a technology business, I'm sure most people are kind of tech savvy. I remember back to my very first job, I had to teach my boss how to use email. (laughs) He didn't know what it was. And uh, yeah, that was still back on dial-up, but that's a whole other story for another podcast. But um, what are some of the trends you're seeing about how um, maybe younger workers are coaching uh, colleagues on how to use technology more effectively to do their job? 
Yeah, I think technology, the play that it has now is it's just a given, right? So before it was a luxury if you had technology. To your point, right, when you first introduced email into the equation, right, people were a little bit afraid of it because they didn't really know what they were doing. And it's like, oh, I'll just send out my letter, or right? Or the inner office memo. Or the inner in, office memo. In a yellow memo. envelope, right? <laughs> the yellow pad at the reception desk at the front, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, it was sort of at the time of voicemail and all that stuff, right? So, I mean, I think now what we're seeing is it's just, it's everywhere, right? It has to be a part of it. The connection and the need to be connected, to understand what's happening in people's individual lives as well as in their social um, environments or their work lives are all just becoming all in, in, encompassing, right? And all consuming. And so I think, you know, personally, I think there's good and bad associated with that. I mean, I think there's a level of balance in one's life that needs to be accomplished. And I think technology has gotten us to a point where, you have to be very motivated and, and focused on when you make that separation right, right. because sometimes it's almost there can be too much. But I do think it's an important factor where you always have at the tip of your fingers answers to just about any question you might have or anything yeah. that you're looking for to gain knowledge on. Yeah, yeah. There's no, no more wondering about something. You just ask the Google. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The Google thing. You sound like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, back in the early days of technology and and uh, people were afraid of it, right? Yeah. Older people who didn't grow up with it natively, afraid of it. Oh, it's going to take my job. It's going to replace me. But, you know, we're still here. We're still fighting. Sure. What um, I think that kind of fear has died down and the fear of I'm going to break it, right? Uh, it, it Really, the shift has become to how it enhances how we do our job. And I think people more embrace it about in that regard. Are you seeing evidence of that in your experiences? Yeah, I mean, I think technology helps create efficiency, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's a, it, I'm hoping that the dialogue in regards to it being a replacement for an individual or a person within a business has somewhat shifted because I think there's, you know, there's a way for you to be more productive and more efficient through the integration of technology. Right. Um, and, and I think that that's where you see a lot of um, people understanding, you know, if I could have access to this, it cuts back in the amount of time so I can make my team more productive in the areas that they need to be focused in. Right. And not doing the work that, you know, we have a machine that could do or something right. along the those lines. The very rudimentary, repetitious exactly. kind of tasks that can be, yeah. Exactly. And, and I mean, we've seen that even at Panasonic, you know, through some of the customers that we work with, you know, we've seen the way that, you know, they've been able to reduce costs by, you know, looking at different programs that integrate technology um, and, and how that has really not only helped evolve the way that they work, but even evolve expectations, right, from right. people uh, in regards to who they're working with. So it's a really interesting dynamic, and I think it's one that is is really, it's a, it's a lot of fun to follow because you start to see technology being introduced in places where you never expected it, right? And, and, give me, and give so, me a for example. Well, you know, I always go back to like, you know, with my dog as an example, right? Like there, I always said, oh, it'd be great if there was like this, even just this collar that would allow me to know where she was at any given point in time, right? And then, of course, you know, I Google it, and sure enough, someone else had already thought of that. Oh, and I'm right, like, like there the goes dog my collar GPS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think just in in terms of you know the the just if you think about that as an example, you <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, just how much time you, that you would worry about. Oh, where's that? What's right. happening with that? That same thing, like 
equates to even like assets within a business, right? Like where is the investment that I made and can I see where it is at all points so that, you know, it helps me longer term. I mean, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but it, it, it is it is interesting. It, it comes up in a yeah. lot of different places. I, yeah, I had a freak out just yesterday, went to the vending machine and uh, wanted to get some peanut M&Ms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites. Uh-huh. And uh, so I know it takes Apple Pay, so I've got my phone, but there were no buttons to enter E4. I was like, oh, my God, how do you use this? Right. But right. And then the screen changed, and it had, like, the touch keypad, and I was, oh, phew, I could get my M&Ms. But it was, it's, you know, the, the, the change at the pace of technology and the places that are unexpected that you run into it, I, it's, you know, never, never a dull moment, I think, when— uh, or a new way doesn't appear that we can have technology enter into this, to the picture. Yeah, I would agree. And I, and I think even just if you look at it just in overall, like uh, I, I always look to the um, to the aging elderly population, right? And, and the way in which even technology has allowed them to maintain independent life, right, oh, for right. a longer period of time without needing to go into any type of assisted living facility because you can have groceries delivered, you can have medications delivered. You know, you, there's things that have sensors in in the shoes that you wear to be able to tell if you're upright um, oh, wow. I- instead of someone, in the case of someone who may have fallen and not being able to be detected. I mean, there's just so much technology that's there that actually does make life easier um, for a lot of people. And, and I think that's sort of, for me, the exciting part of sort of how you integrate, you know, that technology component to everyday life, whether it be personal or work, just True. to figure out how, how you can be more productive. Yeah. So no signs of a short of a so- shortage of technology, um, but there is a skill set, a technology skill set shortage. That's a hot topic right now. And uh, it, it's funny, I saw an article the other day about the top 10 critical skills for an IT hire. And I thought, what hire isn't an IT hire anymore, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, uh, but talk about the skills gap a little bit. Um, what do you think is creating that technology skills gap hiring? Well, I think some of it is, I think it really it depends on on what role you're looking for, right? I mean, I, th- I think in a, in a technology skill set gap, I think some of it is just, it. there's so much, in new technology introduced every day that it's really hard to keep up with the pace, right, of the of the changes that you're right. seeing in there, right? You mentioned, I mean, if you think about it, when, when email first came out, right, like what you were capable of with that, and then you sort of started to have the shift and now you have like complete shifts in, you know, you can automate homes, you can automate, I mean, just about every, there's yeah. autonomous vehicles. There's, I mean, so there's so many different pieces to what's happening in technology that I think you have to, as an individual in this space, really continue to educate yourself, right? Because there's so many different paths that you can take and there's so much change that's happening every day that I think it's really difficult to stay on top of it. And I think that's where some of the gaps come is you you hire an IT set of individuals, but IT has broadened so much in terms right. of what that role function and, fe- and and what feature sets that people need to have knowledge on that it, it becomes very focused on the individual person that you're looking for because you can't have that broad sweep any longer of sort of an IT, you know, position per yeah. se. And, and the way that, you know, technology... Uh, moves and outdates and replaces itself and, you know, Moore's law and all that good stuff. What, um, what you learn in school 
as a technology major or, a, you know, whatever uh, drone pilot, if you're going to school, drone aviation pilot now, by the time you're out of school, right. <laughs> that technology has right. changed. And but just think of that comment, a drone aviation pilot, right? Like we would have never thought of that, right? You have no. your commercial pilots, you have right. your, you know, drone aviation pilot as a career, Oh yeah, right? I yeah. mean, it's amazing to think about where things are going just, and that's a great example of, of a place where sort of that evolution of the way that work overall is done mm-hmm. um, is actually really comes into play. So I think from a generational perspective, the, uh, you know, this perennial learning mindset or the openness and willingness to constantly learn new things. Do you think the, you know, millennial generation or younger generations coming up behind them because they grow up with technology are sort of in that constant, I got to learn, I'm learning every day. I'm, you know, I've got to keep myself on the current with what technology is available and what's coming up next more so than maybe generations that preceded them. I I mean, I definitely think there's a, a bigger focus because it is part of their everyday life. But, you know, I go back to even, you know, uh, my parents or my aunts and uncles, and and I look at even their involvement in technology, right? They're still, you know, very focused because I think they realize that it helps in their life as as they get older, right, to make that even easier. I mean, if you think about it, like even the whole concept, you know, that's down the path of, you know, future, but like a shared vehicle, Whoever even thought, right, that right. you would potentially share your vehicle with, you know, multiple people in your family. Strangers. Yeah. Strangers <laughs> even, right? Like, I mean, that just is a concept that, you know, most people wouldn't even fathom. But I do think understanding and growing up with the technology and sort of that actually makes it easier because mm-hmm. things for us that are just secondhand, right, um, and, and I mean, we've sort of been a part of that that evolution over time. So for our, you know, for the millennial and Gen Z uh, generations, it's even more prevalent in their life. So even, you know, like when I, it's funny, I was having a conversation with my niece and we were talking about research papers and I talked about like the days when we used to pull out the Encyclopedia Britannica to do our research. <laughs> and it was like, what is that, right? I mean, you didn't even think, I mean, now Dinosaur. it's yeah, exactly everything sort of at the edge of your fingers, right? right. To be able to gain that. So it's, it's really kind of interesting. Yeah. So when the, you know, I'm sure her experience. Did you just call me a dinosaur, by the way? I don't, I don't was that me? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. The, uh, uh, I remember my, uh, my incoming freshman class at college, we were the first to get computers issu- issued with our tuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was um, an Epson QX10. It had two floppy disk drives. How do you like that for wow. firepower, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, my father would always laugh that the thing I liked best about it is if my paper wasn't long enough, I could ought adjust the margins to get it to be the length <laughs> that was required. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, so this generation now that's the technologically savvy and entering the workforce, or you know, for some of them are in the workforce. You know, what what as as a younger generation and a generation that's grown up with technology, what do you see as their strengths and weakness as a as a group? I think definitely the strength that they bring is just um, their abilities to be able to be very efficient in the work that they do because they 
they don't have a lot of patience for wasteful things that take mm -hmm. up time that aren't productive, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a tremendous value that they bring. I also think they've actually done a really good job of bringing back the work-life balance, right? So mm -hmm. people criticize and say that, you know, from a millennial perspective, they'll only work certain hours and they want to make sure this and that. But I think at the end of the day, I think it, that's, that's an important piece for everybody because everybody wants a workforce that is and a team that is one that is productive. But in terms of the continual requests and requirements, and I go back to my comment earlier in regards to always having access to every bit of information, mm -hmm. you can very quickly become overwhelmed and burned out in that environment right, without being able to disconnect. So I think they've done a good job of bringing back some of the uh, balance that I think is needed mm -hmm. in order for people to maintain longevity in the roles that they have within a business. From a weaknesses side to it, I think um, it's the it's the and I don't even know that it's a weakness. I think it actually keeps corporations on their toes. But I think it's it's the um, need to continue to make sure that uh, the work that they're doing is stimulating and relevant and feels like they're being challenged. Mm -hmm. I don't see them in roles where you have, I mean, We've all worked in, in environments where there are people who show up every day, they check the box, they're there, and they're, you know, sort of the that person in the office. I don't think they get there because right. they're constantly looking for what's new, what's next, and how do I get there? So I don't know that that's a weakness. I think it's also part of their part of the value, I think, that they bring mm -hmm. as an overall. Um, but it is definitely a shift, right? And it's very different than what we've seen over time. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. The, I mean, who doesn't want to feel like what the work they're doing is valuable? But I think the, the perspective that they kind of won't tolerate yeah. that and will move to find it, right? right? Whereas, in, you know, in days gone by, people would spend their career at a company because that's what you did, right? Right, And so yeah. now the movement amongst companies and um, with the skills gap challenge and the lower numbers of skilled workers available, I think there's a real opportunity for companies to embrace that and understand that and use it to um, get people engaged, get employees engaged in their work life and uh, have meaningful work for them to do. And therefore, they will retain talent that way. I think that's a really fair point. And I also think it's an actual interesting side to look at sort of the way that um, companies are being forced to step up, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, it should be a part of all of our culture, right, for us to have some level of community involve involvement and, and a, a program that allows you to give back to community. And I think this generation is actually forcing those companies that it, that isn't part of their DNA. Right. Fortunately for us, you know, we work at a company um, that that's been ingrained in us since day one, right? Contribution that, that to contribution society. to society, right? Yeah. It's a key part, and 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 I think it's an important piece. And I think that they just continue to make sure that what's really important, important both socially as well as just professionally, mm -hmm. are things that are first and and foremost in the eyes of whatever that company is that they're choosing to select as a place of employment for themselves. Yeah, and you know, as Peter Drucker says. Uh, culture eats strategy for lunch, right? Yeah. And I think uh, that has just become more and more true with this 
the the mindset and the philosophy, sort of the values that the millennial generation kind of hold true and that they want an authentic, organic um, interaction with brands they do business with, yep. companies they work for, right? They want to believe in it yep. and they want it to align with their core values before they'll uh, show allegiance or loyalty, right? right. They, yeah. You know, people will say, oh, they're not loyal. Well, they're loyal to what they believe in. Right. <laughs> and if the brand stands with their beliefs, they'll be loyal. Exactly. But if not, no go. Yep. And the influence that they can have, right? When I mean, you know, when you look at just, you know, someone who has, you, you, if you kind of just quickly do the math and, and you know, you're one that always says, I don't do math in public and I completely <laughs> agree with you. But for it, good reason. For good reason. <laughs> but if you just look at it as an overall and you look at someone who has, you know, 100 to 200 followers and they make a tweet and, you know, those 100 or 200 then tweet that out and then the, the cycle just continues. The, how quickly a message can spread, right, in regards to not only what they're thinking, but what they're thinking of, of a brand or that. It's so critical to make sure that our messaging and, and what we stand for as a business, right, mm -hmm. it's not that we're trying to serve them. It should be our DNA and, and, and who we are. Right. But in, if you make that mistake in that process, how quickly um, things can go south, right, for a brand or how well it can also go, right, if, it, if it's a positive, well. right. right, and it's done well, exactly. Well, it's interesting segue. I was going to ask you um, to talk about how businesses can attract this younger talent. And uh, you started to touch on it there in terms of being that authentic brand, uh, having something you stand for and living up to it. Right. What are some of the other ways that um, companies are attracting the millennial talent and retaining that talent? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll talk to that, but I think you raised a really, really good point there because as we look at it, I think it's really important as you're attracting this talent that it needs to also be authentic, right? So there are there are folks that come out there and, you know, if it's a, it's a brand that hasn't necessarily been very vocal about their social responsibility and then all of a sudden one day they decide we're going to start talking about our social responsibility. We're responsible responsi now, right, exactly. yeah. I mean, you, you have to be really careful, right? right. Um, it has to be, it has to come from the right spot and that's authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be authentic in terms of what you're doing. So I think that's an important way of being able to, to attract. I think actually being able to show um, a, an organization where there is a path that allows people to grow and progress. And I don't know that that's necessarily different with this generation than any other generation. Mm -hmm. I just think they're tending to be more vocal about that, right? They come in with the expectations right. around, help me understand, you know, it, it's always interesting when you look at some of the old interview questions that would happen, you know, yeah. where do you see yourself five in five years, right? <laughs> I mean, five years is a long time for yeah. this generation, right? Yeah. So it's small progressions that I think need to be in place to help True. them get to where they're ultimately trying to get to. I think that balance that I mentioned about work and life is an important piece. And quite honestly, I think it's just, you raised the point of just, um, you know, making sure that you're very clear about, you know, who you are and your social responsibilities to make sure that it aligns with the person that you're pulling in, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and that's that's a really big piece. I mean, it's it's been very clear in, in all of the conversations we've had with this audience, that, that that's an important component. 
Yeah, that uh, the old interview question, where do you see yourself in five years? That's when you planned on staying at the company for okay. 20 years, right? right. Yeah, exactly. That, it's just so irrelevant now. Yeah. Um, but so to try to get the, the folks to stay at the company, uh, uh, talk about mentoring and and how do you mentor young workers as they join your team or um, that you've worked with in the past, even if they're not on your team? What does that um, look like to you? Yeah, I, I, that is a key part, right? I think in the success of anybody, I think everybody needs a mentor, right? Regardless of the level that you're in, you always, there's always someone that you aspire to or you gravitate towards in regards to what they speak about. I mean, we all have our own social following, right? For different reasons, we look to what people are saying in the right. market. I think it's really key in terms of just overall personal development, but I think the mentoring um, allows people just a, a safe place to be able to have very open conversation around um, their expectations. And sometimes that's a big part of, right, career pathing and growth is the expectations that people have. Right. And so I think coming into an organization and really understanding what what the, the normal progression looks like and then, you know, areas where there's opportunity and, and, and what's needed to get there. You know, the whole concept um, of back in the day of sort of a time on title, right? I mean, that's gone by the... No one wants to hear that, right? <laughs> what what, what, what is mean? that? What do you mean I have to be in my position <laughs> for a certain amount of time before I have other opportunity? Like, if I'm good, why don't I get that opportunity tomorrow, right? right, right. So I, I think mentoring just helps level set, set expectations and, and, and give people a place, you know, where they can ask the questions that they might be, you know, unwilling to ask in certain environments with a direct boss or something like that. I've had a mentor my entire career, and uh, it's someone that I've always looked up to uh, and someone who's always just really provided me good advice, right? Mm -hmm. um, when you sort of take an impartial view of situations that might be frustrating and having mm -hmm. that person, it's always been a great place for me. That's awesome. That, that's quite a gift. That's great. The, um, you know, so we have seen work change quite a bit, right? Mm -hmm. um, even even here at Panasonic in the last five years, there's been, uh, you know, we went to casual dress. Who would have ever imagined, you know, jeans? Japanese company yeah. with casual dress. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, open floor plan, yeah. you know, uh, uh, what is that? Collaboration spaces, all those um, kind of new trends and new things going on. Um, any of those you think we should keep or send back, uh, take further? What What do you think about that? Well, I, I actually love the uh, open concept and collaboration approach. Um, I think it takes down the barriers of titles within an organization mm -hmm. and allows people to work on a one-on-one -on -one relationship perspective. And I think any, any good outcome of any project is when people are at a, a parallel level and they're not, there isn't an, an indication or a thought that, oh, this person, I can't say that because this person's there. And I think having the open plan where, you know, 90 plus percent of our employees are sitting in a cubicle type environment mm -hmm. helps break down some of those walls, right, right. That, that wouldn't normally exist. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I actually personally like the um, balance of allowing folks to be able to work remotely, right? Mm -hmm. um, everybody likes that little bit of time and flexibility in their life. Um, I'm a fan of the casual approach to business. I don't feel like 
being in a suit makes you any more or less qualified <laughs> to make decisions in a role. So I think right. those are all important things. And again, these are my views and opinions, right, um, right. but it's something for me that, you know, when you start to look at what drives behavior, you know, I, I think those are some key things. I, I do I, I do think that um, that the the overall open concept and collaborative approach, I think, mm -hmm. is very effective in, in a business environment. What's a trend you'd like to see grow within, you know, sort of changing workplace environment? I mean, personally, I'd like to see more um, take your dogs to work kind of uh, thing. I wish we could do that here in this building. But um, what other sort of um, trend? I know the free food, like, you know, yeah. those kinds of perks and good stuff. But anything that you think is uh, a, a good next step for a hundred-year-old company to... <laughs> Yeah. Put all the, put it out on the table. That's a really interesting question. Um, I hadn't given that much thought, so I'll, I'll think here aloud. But um, I, I do love the the uh, your idea of bringing your pet. Lilo, my my boxer, would love it here. Um, but I I, I think um, I don't know that the whole free food, those types of things. Uh -huh. I think the ability to feel like you're in a space where you're contribution and your opinions are valued and accepted and almost not even more accepted, but mm -hmm. even encouraged, right? Yes. I think those are the things that are really important to drive positive culture um, and, and being accountable, right, at all levels within a business. You mm -hmm. know, I, I don't think that that's at an executive level. I don't necessarily think it's at um, other levels. I think it's across all pieces of the business. Accountability is one where people work when when they see people being held accountable in all areas. Then I think it just makes it more inviting to do a good job because you know that the, those expectations are expected of everybody in the organization. So I, I you know, for me, there's some there's obviously some trendy things that happen right, right um, in in that process. But I think if you get back Back to sort of the basics of just people want to be respected, um, they want to be challenged, and they actually want to have a path that um, is beneficial to themselves as well as to the organization. I think if you can kind of maintain those mm -hmm. three, I, I think that sets you for a positive environment, no matter you know whether it's in the next 20 years, 30 right. years, or 100 years. Right. That's pretty intergenerational there, I would say. And, yeah. you know, geez, I have to thank you for doing that beautiful summary of our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you did me a solid there. Thank you very much. No problem. Um, yeah, thank you. I enjoyed our discussion, and I enjoyed your energy and your time, your ideas. Uh, that's it for us today. Um, I'm Susan Campbell. That wraps another episode of Rugged Rants. Tune in to a new episode to hear from my fellow co-hosts Craig Joukowsky or Barry Ross on a whole range of topics, each a tough and bold conversation on the future of innovation and what we can expect as work continues to change.